2: O show podcast presented by
1: fantasyjocks.com be a
2: champ today what's up everybody welcome back to the O show podcast presented by fantasyjocks.com I am your host. Jack O'Hara, episode 41. It is 8.52 p.m. Pacific Time. Clemson just destroyed Alabama, winning their second national title in the last three seasons. Final score, 44-16. The nerve of that on Alabama's part. You go 14-0 as the defending champs. They beat Georgia last year to win the national championship. Defending champs go 14-0. And they get absolutely slapped around by the Tigers. They lose by four touchdowns tonight in Santa Clara, California. Two of which coming out of the arm of Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback who wasn't even the starter for the Tigers at the beginning of the year. Kelly Bryant ends up transferring to Missouri. Lawrence takes over. Clemson goes undefeated. Wins their second national title in the last three years. This Dabo Sweeney's second title as head coach. I mean, I don't think there was any doubt going into the year that these two teams were the top two teams in the nation. I mean, for six straight weeks this season, there was no doubt within the college football playoff selection committee meeting room, and largely throughout the country even, that number one and number two were Alabama and Clemson. Number one being Alabama, the defending champions, 14-0 and going into tonight's game. Number two, Clemson uh, finished third or fourth last year, I can't remember, but... Finished 14 and 0 going into the title game tonight. They were the top two teams in the country. One and two. Turns out it was just in the wrong order. Clemson, your 2019 national champions in college football. Clemson absolutely annihilated Notre Dame, who went undefeated going into the Cotton Bowl last week in Dallas. This week in Northern California at Levi Stadium, absolutely skinning Alabama alive. The game was pretty close for about 15 minutes. I mean, it was back and forth. Uh, Clemson with a pick six early on, made it 7-0. Alabama ties it right back up on the next drive, 7-7. Clemson goes right back up on their next drive, 14-7. Uh, then Alabama scores on their next drive to potentially tie the game. Kicker missed the extra point attempt on the left upright, kind of like uh, Cody Parkey. But we'll get to that a little later on. So that made it 14-13. Clemson then went up uh, 21-13. Alabama would put up a field goal in their next drive, 21-16. And then after that, it was just all Tigers. Trevor Lawrence, like I said, two touchdown passes. Or excuse me, three touchdown passes. No interceptions. A total of 347 passing yards. He went 20 for 32 In pass completions, Justin Ross with six receptions for 153 yards, one touchdown catch, leading the Tigers in wide receiver and receiving. Travis Etienne leading Clemson in rushing with 14 carries for 86 yards, two touchdowns, his longest run going for 38 yards down the field. They were just the all-around better football team down the stretch. No question about it. They annihilated Two of the top three teams in the country this year in Notre Dame and the Crimson Tide. An absolute brutal performance by Alabama. Their uh, running game was atrocious. Nine carries for 59 yards was their best rushing. Jerry Judy did put up good numbers tonight. Five receptions, 139 yards for one score. 62-yard pass, two tied up in the first quarter. But besides that, nothing really. I mean, Tua just 22 completions out of 34 attempts, 295 yards, two touchdown passes, two huge interceptions. Like I said, the pick six in his first drive, I believe it was the third or fourth drive, he basically just heaved it down the field for Judy. It was way beyond him. I'd be picked off. That'd be his second interception in, in just in the first half. Jalen Hurts would be called on by Nick Saban eventually in the fourth quarter. He'd go 0 for 2. He'd do absolutely nothing. I mean, the offense just could not get going, especially in the second half. It was just an abys- abysmal performance by Alabama. Clemson routing everybody in their path and become the first team ever in college football history to go 15-0. 15-0, first time ever. And here's their head coach, Dabo. Sweeney, on what that means.
1: Well, that's, that's been my word all year, and, and I, I just tried to have been it. I tried to be intentional with that. And uh, for me personally, joy comes from focusing on Jesus, others, and yourself. And uh, man, I mean, you know, very few people. There's so many great coaches that that are so deserving of a moment like this they never get the chance to experience it, and uh, to get to do it once, and now to get to do it again. You no, know, I'm just, it's just a, it's a blessing, and, I, and I, it's just simply the grace of the good Lord to allow us to experience something like this. And I'm so happy for our team, our fans, our administration, our former players that love the ball. And, uh, and you know, there ain't never been a 15-0 team, and I know we're not supposed to be here. We're just a little old Clemson, and I'm not supposed to be here, but we are, and I am. And I, how about them tigers, man? I'm so proud of our guys. These seniors, we beat Notre Dame and Alabama. We left no doubt, and we walk off this field tonight as the first 15 and 0 team in college football history. And uh, all the credit, all the glory, goes to the good Lord, number one, and number two, to these young people. When you get a young group of people that believe are passionate, they love each other, they sacrifice, they're committed to, to, to a, a singular a purpose. You better look out, great things can happen, and that's what you saw tonight. After four games, you made a decision. You chose Trevor Lawrence to become your quarterback. What did you see then that came true tonight, Dabo? Well, I mean, he, he was the best player, you know, and, uh, and that's not a knock against Kelly Bryant. I love Kelly Bryant, and uh, what a great player he is. But, it, but my job is to, is to make decisions that put the team in the best possible uh, path to win. And uh, after four games, he's the best player. And so I think you saw that. And, and in fact, I think when I got here, Holly's first question to me when I got here was, you know, hey, what are you gonna do to us? Never lost a game. And I said, well, I don't think Trevor has either. So uh, I'm just gonna work on my guy here and see if we can walk off this field and keep our guy undefeated. And I'm just, you know, we did a little, but we never broke. We punched back. You know, this guy, this group had to eye of the tiger tonight, man. And, and listen.
2: And he even said it during that interview that he loved Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant, though, was not the better quarterback. Trevor Lawrence came in, stepped up. Led Clemson to the best college football season in the history of college football. 15-0, national champions. Kelly Bryant moves on to Missouri for his senior year next year as he once again becomes eligible. But Trevor Lawrence, man, on fire tonight. Two big touchdown passes, both in the hands of Justin Ross. Here are the calls live from Levi's Stadium.
1: Third and 13. Just launches freshman versus freshman, and Ross makes a catch on the far sideline. A brilliant juggling catch as he beat Just Joe. And there's the focus by the freshman Ross to haul that in. The big five. Watts picks up the blitz, delivers, and is in a better, catch by Ross. Wow! By the freshman. Justin Ross, six 6'4", long arm. What's his catch rate? Is about 12 feet? Yeah. I mean, that, that was beautiful. That kid who's 19 years old was in high school a year ago. He's taking Alabama's defense to school and smiling about it.
2: Justin Ross, 19 years old, makes two phenomenal one-hand catches in this game alongside a touchdown. 19-year-old kid. I'm 19, and I'm sitting here talking about it at 10 o'clock at night while I'm in my college dorm because I remotely don't have remotely the athletic ability that Justin Ross had tonight. Two phenomenal one-hand catches. Here's his 74-yard touchdown from Trevor Lawrence. just said making
1: some noise. And back, early, Lawrence flips it open wide open. Justin Ross open and running. The Alabama native wins the foot base. and Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship
2: game. 74 yards for Ross there on top of the two one-handed catches. Uh, commentator says it there, Alabama native. It's funny how many Alabama native or even alma maters that um, Clemson coaches had. I believe Dabo Sweeney went to Alabama when he played in college. And two other previous coaches who won the most games in Clemson history, I got to pull their names up, were Alabama. That was their alma mater. I mean, the history between these two teams in the playoff era has been well documented. A championship rivalry that's emerged along with the five-year-old system for determining a champion now. Alabama, Clemson, they've now won 11 of the past 12 college football playoff games in each of the last four national title games uh, it just shows how close these programs have been during that span though it is a uh, reflective of a shrinking gap between Dabo Sweeney's Clemson program right now and Nick Saban's dynasty that's been the measuring stick for every other program in the country I mean Alabama and Clemson now have the exact same record over the past four seasons in their national title victories 55 wins, four losses, 55 and four. They're now two and two against each other in the college football playoff system in the new system. Uh, But Clemson just took a two one lead over the tide um, in title games with this slaughter here tonight. It's no longer just Alabama and everybody else. Clemson made the case tonight on Monday night in San Fran that it's Alabama, Clemson, and everybody else. I mentioned that. Clemson becomes the first team ever to win 15 games, go 15-0 and in the season. The Tigers made history with this victory here tonight. It's been 121 years, 121 years since a major college football program has won 15 games. The 1897 Penn squad also finished with a perfect 15-0 record. Clemson achieved it tonight with an awesome performance, like I said, from freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Steps in for Kelly Bryant in week four, steals the show, goes undefeated, wins the national title. Um, Tua just did not perform well for Alabama tonight. Jalen Hurts, I feel like, came in a little too late. I feel like Nick Saban should have turned to him much earlier, maybe even at halftime, just to see if he could catch lightning in a bottle with Jalen. Um, I mean, his strong, accurate arm... Uh, Lawrence's strong, accurate arm that is led the Tigers to a thirteen or a thirty-one to sixteen halftime lead. So, no question to me. I feel like Jalen Hurts should have entered this game a lot sooner than he did. I mean, Clemson's defense also a major factor in this game. Clemson's defense had the edge through all four quarters uh, with the first pick six in the college football playoff and ninety total yards off of interceptions. So. A well-deserved championship victory for the Clemson Tigers this season. Their second in the last three years. First team in over 121 seasons. First team in the new playoff format to go 15 wins, zero losses. Congratulations to Dabo Sweeney and his Tigers. Open, Ross, off and the wins the
1: race, and strengthens its grip on this championship game. 74 yards They bring five Lawrence picks up the blitz, Delivered and it's in a feather Circus catch by Ross Wow, a great throw And an unbelievable right-handed catch Are you kidding me? Lawrence With the rush coming Finds T. Higgins. Touchdown 347 yards and three for the true freshman from Cartersville, Georgia. The Tigers their crown by crushing Alabama.
2: Now, although I was impressed with Clemson's performance tonight, I was not impressed at all with the halftime show. Imagine Dragons with Lil Wayne does not sit well with me. Two completely different music styles. Lil Wayne, I can barely hear anything that the guy says anymore, and they tried to mix him in with some of Imagine Dragons' mainstream stuff like Believer and whatever the hell else they play. When they said it was going to be Imagine Dragons featuring Lil Wayne, I was just kind of like, huh, okay, what are we going to do here? And then he came out, and I was like, oh my god, what the hell is he wearing? He looked like he was wearing something that the mom from Haunting of a Hill House would wear. Just was not a good mix at all. I mean, if he was there with like Eminem or even Drake, like that would have been a good mix up, but to put him with like somebody that's like completely in a different genre, I understand, like I've even said it on this podcast before, how cool would it be if you mixed like post Malone with Greta Van Fleet, something like that. But it'd have to be the right two bands. To make it work, imagine Dragons, a pop one of the most popular pop bands in this generation. With Lil Wayne, it just did not sit right with me. I feel like the only thing that I've ever actually enjoyed from Lil Wayne was his Kobe Bryant song that he wrote back in 2009. But regardless of how I feel, it happened, it's over with, time to move on. What the hell are you going to do? Uh, let's talk some uh, wrestling, Monday Night Raw, first show of the new year tonight. Uh, a lot of big advertisements that didn't really excite me too much, probably didn't excite the diehard fans as well. Hulk Hogan returned, he had a nice um, nice feeling segment about Mean Gene Okerlund who passed away uh, this past week. So that was a big headline thing. That was his first Raw appearance since the whole allegations and him saying the N-word. Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar went face-to-face, which did not excite me at all. So it was basically Hulk Hogan's return, eh. Lesnar and Strowman face-to-face, eh. Um, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title Which was good, but at the same time, you know the title's probably not going to change hands So, And then John Cena's return John Cena's return was the only thing I think a lot of fans were looking forward to They needed that one guy to spice things up here As we had a WrestleMania season, and John Cena happens to be that guy He came out to the ring to start the show, had a great promo like he always does, probably the best talker in the business, besides maybe uh, Chris Jericho, CM Punk was awesome, but Cena comes out, runs his shtick, announces that he's going to compete in the 2019 Royal Rumble match, wasn't originally supposed to. Originally, he was only supposed to come back for uh, house shows that he announced. I mean, you knew that wasn't going to be the case. John Cena is not just going to come back to do 30 house shows for the next few months. You knew he was going to be on TV. Both were on SmackDown. Now he's officially in the 2019 Royal Rumble match, that takes place at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona on January 27th. Drew McIntyre would interrupt Cena, which kind of prompted me to believe we were going to see John Cena versus Drew McIntyre one-on-one, which would have been awesome would have been a fresh match. Uh, instead, they uh, pitched Drew McIntyre with both the almighty Bobby Lashley and the Intercontinental Champion Dean Ambrose, which was kind of surprising. And then Seth Rollins and Finn Balor came to the aid of Cena, set up a big six-man tag team match, Cena, Balor, and Rollins versus Ambrose, McIntyre, and Lashley. Good back-and-forth match. Rollins ends up hitting Ambrose with the curb stomp for the 1-2-3 and the win. And directly after the match, Rollins heads backstage, looks Triple H in the eye, slaps the coffee out of his hand, tells him he wants Ambrose and in the Intercontinental title, and tells him that he wants it tonight. Triple H grants him his wish, welcomes the new Seth Rollins back to Raw, slaps him in the chest, and there you go. We have an awesome main event in Rollins versus Ambrose in a Falls Count Anywhere match, I might add, on Monday Night Raw to kick off the new year.
1: You want that ruthless bastard? You want that soulless guy who will do whatever it takes to get what he wants? Is that who you want? Yes. That is exactly what I want, and I want it to start tonight. I want you to burn it all down, starting.
2: Awesome segment. Triple H, Seth Rollins, gold uh, when they're in the ring together. Great chemistry was looking like it was going to be an awesome main event. And it was for a little bit until WWE creative screwed it up again with the almighty Bobby Lashley interrupting and basically kicking the crap out of Seth Rollins. Makes no sense to me heading into WrestleMania season. I know you kind of need those little rivalries heading into the uh, WrestleMania season. Big Royal Rumble pay-per-view coming up. But for Bobby Lashley, I mean, I guess they had a, brawl to kick off raw i guess before Raw started they were brawling and they had to be separated in the locker room i guess they're playing that storyline but seth rollins versus bobby lashley just does not excite me and i don't think it's going to excite the average fan so dean ambrose obviously was probably going to retain there i for one feel like the new era new uh clean slate the wwe says they're having with the mcmahon's maybe seth rollins should have won tonight maybe play hot potato with the intercontinental title for a while between rollins and ambrose you really have nothing to lose there by the time royal rumble comes around ambrose could be the champion and rollins goes on to win the royal rumble it seems like they're going with brock lesnar versus seth rollins for the universal championship at wrestlemania as of right now uh stroman beating lesnar at the rumble is a possibility I don't think they're taking it off the table entirely because when Lesnar does win at the Rumble, fans are going to boo like they should. Lesnar shows up five times a year and he basically just got paid millions of dollars tonight to jog around the ring, not even get into the ring with Strowman and then walk out. It was a typical Lesnar segment. We've seen it a million times over. So we'll see where this Rollins-Lashley short rivalry goes. I mean, Rollins... Lashley by itself I don't think is very entertaining if they went on like a uh, three-month pay-per-view role with this for it to just be here for the next few weeks come uh, Rumble season uh, not really that great especially since you had Rollins versus Ambrose for the past few months didn't really live up to the expectations Dean Ambrose heel character not really living up to the expectations maybe This frees up Dean Ambrose for maybe John Cena, because I don't know about any of the average fans out there, but the Intercontinental Championship is the only title that has eluded John Cena in his entire career. Royal Rumble winner, Money in the Bank winner, WWE champion, world champion, United States tag team. He's won everything except the Intercontinental Championship, a Cena-Ambrose rivalry, though not that fresh, uh, I think it'd be exciting for fans Cena actually chase the Intercontinental title, which I don't think he's ever done in his career, ever. So hopefully WWE gives Dean Ambrose a fresh rivalry heading into WrestleMania season. Who knows if he'll go in as Intercontinental champion or not? We'll see. But Rollins versus Lashley, not too excited about it. But hopefully Rollins could put up a decent uh, match with Lashley heading into WrestleMania season. I'll be Lashley. All these names confirmed for the Royal Rumble match itself, too. So we have John Cena, who confirmed it tonight. Seth Rollins is in. Dean Ambrose is in. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, The New Day, R-Truth, who's the 30th entrant. Still a terrible decision to have number 30 be determined in the Mixed Match Challenge. If you're going to do that, you should have had AJ Styles and Charlotte Flair win, or even Jeff Hardy and Charlotte Flair, for that matter. I mean, I'm still baffled. Like, you have the audacity to make R-Truth and Carmella versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox the finale in the mix Max Challenge to determine the 30th entrance in the Royal Rumble match as we gear up for WrestleMania 35, which they have to make one of the best WrestleManias ever considering how low the ratings have been on Monday Night Raw this past year. I mean, you have the nerve... To offer your fans that olive branch to say, hey, it's going to be a fresh start. We're going to have new content, fresh matches. And hey, our truth a guy who's been relevant for one year in his 15-year career, is going to be the number... 30th entrant in the royal rumble match just take that surprise out of there Just put a guy who's going to be in the match for probably maybe 10 seconds. I I guarantee you He's going to be in that match He's going to run down to the ring and he's immediately going to be eliminated They're probably going to try and make him the fastest elimination in royal rumble history faster than santino morella back in 2009 Alexa Bliss premiered her new talk show tonight, uh, "Moment in Bliss." She's awesome on the mic, probably the best on the mic besides uh, Becky Lynch on SmackDown. Her guest was the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey, Raw Women's Champion, and they announced tonight. Here's a fresh match. I mean, it's not uh, creative. I'd say it's not um, like jaw-dropping, but it's fresh, and we've never seen it before. And she hasn't been in the title picture in a while now. It's going to be Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks at the Royal Rumble, one-on-one. I mean, you already know it's going to be Rousey versus Lynch versus Flair, presumably at WrestleMania, but it could potentially be a really good match at the Rumble, given that it's in a baseball stadium for the first time in its history. Sasha Banks has a chance to prove that she belongs in the main event picture again. She's been out of it for a while. She's been in that mid-card tag team with uh, Bailey, where they tried to recreate the team. Hell no thing with, uh, their bitterness towards each other for a few months there that they brought back Dr. Shelby, who was amazing, amazing character brought in by WWE back in 2012 when Kane and Daniel Bryan were going through their issues, but it did not really click this time around, at least for Sasha and Bailey did not click at all. But for Dr. Shelby, he made that the, like the entire segment gold in his office, uh, doing his little techniques, whatever the hell you want to call him. He made that segment, and he was only there for a week. They they ditched him after one week, which was another creative blunder on WWE's part to get rid of Dr. Shelby. Bring back Dr. Shelby. He was great for television, great when Daniel Bryan and Kane were together. He was like their manager almost, went to like graduate for anger management class. He was gold. Hashtag bring back Dr. Shelby. I attacked you, you've been...
1: Good morning. I'm Dr. Shelby. And I'm going to be helping guide you through your friendship counseling. Together. So if you're ready, why don't you follow me into what I like to call the friend zone.
2: I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if this match ended uh, with some interference on Becky Lynch's part. Becky Lynch has been on fire the past few weeks. So she's set to face Flair and Carmella in a triple threat match to determine the number one contender at the Royal Rumble for Asuka's SmackDown Women's Championship. She might not win it. I could see Flair winning. They have Flair versus Asuka freeing up Lynch for the Rumble match. She goes on to win the Rumble match and then presumably Asuka retains the title freeing up Flair as well. And... um Then Lynch um, screws over Rousey in her match against Banks. I mean, not to the point where she loses the title, but maybe causes a DQ or maybe even after the match attacks her. I mean, Becky Lynch challenged John Cena last week on SmackDown. That's how far this has gotten. They even put up a poll on uh, WWE.com. Like, who would win in this epic dream match? Becky Lynch versus John Cena. First of all, John Cena is the franchise. He's the greatest of all time. You're promoting him as the greatest of all time. I understand you're trying to push Becky Lynch at the same time. You're trying to give the fans what they want, but Becky Lynch is on no way on the same level as your franchise star, the 16-time world champion, John Cena. So would it be a match that people would want to see? Hell yeah. I'd like to see that match. An intergener match like that, Becky Lynch versus John Cena, sure, I'd like to see John Cena versus Ronda Rousey. I'd like to see Brock Lesnar versus Ronda Rousey. doesn't mean it's ever going to happen. I feel like... The more WWE promotes stuff like this, the more they make it feel like they might actually pull this off when everybody knows they won't. They're kind of just teasing their fans. They put on their Instagram story a few days ago about matches and uh, scenarios that they'd like to see in 2019, kind of indicating that they're just asking the fans to write their script for them. They asked them, would you like to see Seth Rollins win the Royal Rumble match? Like 70% said yes. Yes. Would you like to see AJ Styles win Money in the Bank? Uh, Would you like to see Finn Balor go to SmackDown? Would you like to see The Miz win the WWE title? And 60% of you said no. So F you. The Miz should be the WWE champion right now. And the fact that you're saying that you don't want to see him champion, he's probably not going to become the champion. And he's going to be stuck in that lame-ass tag team with SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon. So thank you, WWE Universe. Thank you for arguing with WWE for the past five years about how bad the content's been, and then turn around and not give the one guy who should be WWE champion the chance to succeed on top of SmackDown Live. But like I was saying, Becky Lynch challenged John Cena on SmackDown this past week. It was must-see TV from the Irish last kicker. Or, or excuse me, the man.
1: You are- been on every single WWE marquee for the last 16 years you personify what this company is mm, check that was it's time for someone you to step up step in and fill your shoes and there's only one person for that job and I think these people would agree with me that that
2: person is me
1: And if you
2: have a problem with that, Nikki Bella won't be the only woman to drop you this year. So I really hope WWE goes with this and takes Becky Lynch to the main event of WrestleMania. If they really want to pull off the first women's WrestleMania main event, give it to Becky Lynch. I don't care who she goes over, Rousey or Flair. In years past, it was Daniel Bryan's year in 2014. It was Punk's year in 2011, though he did not get that opportunity to thrive in the main event of WrestleMania. That's why he ended up leaving, among other things. Uh, Bryan's year, 2014, Reigns in... I mean, honestly, it was Reigns' year because they made it Reigns' year. Rollins' year in 2014, 2015. Uh, Bryan's year, 2014. This is Becky Lynch's year. I hope she becomes the first woman as the man the woman to main event a wrestlemania uh hopefully this one in the new york new jersey area so becky lynch has the opportunity to become the first woman to main event wrestlemania as the man i'd like to finish up this episode episode 31 clemson beats alabama uh, monday night raw recap first one of the new year i'd like to finish this podcast up by announcing my brand new podcast that will be launched around this time next week. The 50-50 booking wrestling exclusive podcast. It's going to be presented by Belly Up Sports. Uh, Belly Up Sports Network out of Philadelphia. Um, Mike Brown and Brian Lynch giving me the opportunity to showcase my stuff. Uh, given that it's WrestleMania season, the best time for wrestling content. Uh, I'll get to get right articles. Get the blog about WWE's new content that they hopefully provide us with. Uh, cross your fingers. Um, but yeah, the fifty-fifty podcast, fifty-fifty booking podcast coming your way. Hopefully by this time next week, it'll be uh, exclusively pro wrestling from WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Tina, you name it, as well as some MMA and UFC and maybe some Bellator. So we'll see. Uh, and I'm hoping... One of my first guests coming on, I'm hoping to have both uh, Barstool Sports' Jared Carabas and WWE Hall of Famer uh, and the owner of Global Force Wrestling, Jeff Jarrett. So, exciting things coming up for the Osho Podcast 50 50 Booking and Belly Up Sports as we head into the new year. This was episode 41, episode 41 here on January 7th. 2019. Hit it.